Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. I've been spending a lot of time watching the Olympics, a whole range of different sports, over the last couple of weeks. And one of the things that's really struck me about what I've listened when the listened to, I should say, when the athletes have been talking about their success or at least their experience of being at the Olympics is the importance of the coach or the mentor, that opportunity to thank people who are behind the scenes who have engaged in helping and supporting that person achieve whatever they've achieved, whether it's been success, near success, or or no success at all. It made me think a little bit about the idea of the photographic coach, the photographic mentor, that education that we receive from different people. And what's important in that mentoring, in that education? For me, obviously, I feel that it's important that the person who's giving you that information has either done that thing you want to do or is still doing it. That's particularly important if you're engaged in something that's constantly evolving, which obviously a lot of sports are. And a lot of those sports are evolving due to technological developments. Photography is just the same. So that knowledge of what's going on is hugely important. I'd also suggest that perhaps one of the most important elements that a coach or a mentor can bring is a a sense of new thinking an open-mindedness to what's going on and what could be, a desire to question what has been previously. And perhaps as photographers, that's one of the most important things we can do. We need to know about the past to question it, but questioning it doesn't always mean rejecting the past. It may mean actually rediscovering elements that had been forgotten or dismissed by previous generations. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been talking to people about education, and it's been informative, and I have to say, a little concerning. And when I talk about education, I'm not just talking about the idea of being within a classroom or on a formal course or within a university or a college or a school. I'm talking about education in general. And surely every day we must continue whatever we age we are to learn. I know that's something I try and achieve. Anyway, I spoke with someone who believed their family could be an issue to their progression as a photographer, as could her extensive commercial experience. She felt that it was important to play down that commercial experience because she didn't feel as if her work that was being created personally would be taken seriously enough unless she did. I spoke with someone else who seemed to think I wanted him to discuss his commercial background as being unimportant and that his more academic personal work for galleries and festivals and exhibitions was of more importance. I've also spoken to people who feel that they are letting their students down by teaching on courses that are outdated, outmoded and dishonest. 
Now, these are not my words. In this situation, I'm a conduit, a bridge for the experiences I've had relayed to me. And this is all deeply concerning, but may to some of you not necessarily be surprising. I think it would be fair to say that the good coach, the good mentor, the good teacher, the good lecturer is always challenging their own perceptions, constantly moving forward in what they think and what they do to ensure that the information and the knowledge that they pass on is not outdated and is not inappropriate to the situation that we find ourselves in. For me, there is a real kind of uh, similarity there between the Olympic coach and the photographic mentor. Both of them have a huge responsibility for passing on to the next generation a love for the subject, a love for the sport, a passion, an engagement. But also at the same time, you must never feel that you know everything and that just because things have been done one way before, that that's the way they should stay. Within photography, we're constantly evolving. We're not standing still. Therefore, those conversations I've had recently really made me feel that it was important to actually speak about this now. Why? Well, because during those conversations, I said to these people exactly what I'm saying to you now. They felt it was a breath of fresh air. And in fact, one person said it completely flipped their kind of thinking about how we mentor and how we teach. I certainly don't have all the answers and I'm certainly not perfect in anything that I do. But one thing I do know is I'm going to always remain open-minded. And I think if you listen to this podcast, you're probably on that page with me too. Over the last few weeks, for no real apparent reason, or certainly no decision was made to, to give some rules for life on this podcast by other people. But I'll finish our informal, non-structured collection of life suggestions this week, I think, with TV talk show host David Letterman, who on his very last uh, episode suggested that there are only two things you need to know in life. One is that you should be kind to people and that Bob Dylan is the greatest living songwriter. I think I'll just leave that one there. I enjoy the eclectic nature of the work that's created by the photographers who contribute each week to our What Does Photography Mean to You? I hope you enjoy that also. I also hope that it introduces you to photographers you may or may not be aware of. Some of those photographers might be new to you, but actually old to the business. Others may be new to the business and new to you also. Either way, I really feel that everybody that we uh, include in the podcast is really worth checking out. Some of their biogs are quite short and some of their biogs are quite long. And this week, it certainly falls into the latter camp. Peter Fraser bought his first camera at the age of seven and went to school in Wales until 1971. 
He studied civil engineering for three months at Hatfield Polytechnic before deciding to study photography at Manchester Polytechnic between 1972 and 1976. Repeating his final year due to becoming seriously ill, crossing the Sahara Desert in early 1975. Fraser was an early adopter of colour photography in the UK and began exhibiting colour photographs in 1982. In 1984, he travelled to Memphis, USA to spend two months with William Eggleston. After meeting him at Eggleston's first UK exhibition opening the previous year. Between 1983 and 1986, Fraser made the exhibitions Twelve Day Journey, The Valleys Project, Everyday Icons and Towards an Absolute Zero, which led to his first publication, Two Blue Buckets, in 1988. This book won the Bill Brandt Award, hosted by the Photographer's Gallery in 1989. In 1990, Fraser was invited to be the British Artist-in-Residence in Marseille, which led to the subsequent exhibition and publication Ice and Water. He travelled widely in the early 1990s to scientific research establishments, photographing machines at the cutting edge of technology, proposing a series of portraits of machines shown and published as Deep Blue. While visiting nearly 60 scientific sites, he frequently photographed in scientific clean rooms, where particles of dust above a certain size were not admitted. Subsequently, he decided to start photographing dirt and other low-status material. Simultaneous to this work was a University of Strathclyde commission to make new art in their applied physics department. This work led to two new series being combined into a single series of photographs, Material, published in 2002. The same year, the Photographer's Gallery showed a 20-year overview of Fraser's work, and in 2004, he was shortlisted alongside Robert Adams, David Goldblatt and Joel Sternfield for the Citigroup International Photography Prize. In 2006, Fraser was invited to be an artist-in-residence at Oxford University to make photography for the biochemistry department. In 2009, he was commissioned by the Photo Gallery in Wales to make work across the country that resulted in the exhibition and publication Lost for Words. In 2012, Fraser exhibited a city in the mind at the Brancolini Grimaldi Gallery in London. In 2013, Tates and Ives exhibited a selected retrospective of his work and published a monograph containing photographs from all of Fraser's major series to date. In 2013, he received an honorary fellowship from the Photographic Society and in 2017, his exhibition Mathematics was exhibited as part of Photo Espana 17 and Skinner Box Italy published Mathematics the Book. The first UK exhibition of mathematics opened at the Camden Arts Centre in 2018 and the accompanying file notes number 120 was published by the gallery featuring a specially commissioned essay, The Things That Count, by Amy Sherlock, Deputy Editor of Freeze. After all of that introduction, it's definitely time to hear from Peter. Hello, my name is Peter Fraser and um, I've been asked to answer for this podcast the question, what photography means to me. 
In the 1960s, when I was a schoolboy, I belonged to my school photography club and vividly remember the thrill of both arranging my world through the viewfinder and my astonishment at seeing the resulting image emerge in the developing tray in the school's poorly equipped darkroom. The excitement of that magical representation of a scene from the world just intensified, and when I discovered colour photography as a student at Manchester Polytechnic in the 70s, that only increased my enthusiasm for working with the medium. Growing up in my household, my mother painted, sang and acted in amateur dramatics, but especially liked playing classical music, particularly when my father was out. So from an early age, the idea of an artistic life was a familiar one, not just as a photographic artist. This is, of course, a time when the use of photography per se was widespread culturally as a documentary medium to tell stories or impart news, but not particularly well understood, especially in the UK, as an artistic medium. In 1974, while still a photography student at Manchester Polytechnic, I spent the summer in New York working in a specialist photography bookshop at 32nd Street and 6th Avenue, and that experience changed everything for me. There were hundreds of books of art photography, mostly by American photographers, but Japanese and European too, and it was difficult to believe coming from the UK. Towards the end of my stay, I was introduced to people who hung out with the painter Larry Rivers, and I was asked if I'd like to be the photographer to photograph the rooftops of New York skyscrapers for a sumptuous coffee book. I had it in my mind to finish my studies in Manchester, but I do wonder what kind of a life I might have had if I'd said yes and stayed in New York. Upon graduating in Manchester in 1976, I immediately moved to live and work in Holland, where I stayed for nearly three years working in a hospital in Utrecht, making no serious work and seeing very little photography exhibitions. But I do remember my first memorable photo book purchase was the terrific Aperture publication Edward Weston, 50 Years, with its great essay by Ben Maddow. I must have pored over that essay many times while living with my wife in our wooden vacation house on the edge of the woods in Doran, east of Utrecht, with its overwhelming account of a life lived as a photographic artist. Upon returning to live in the UK, we bought a house in Hebden Bridge and I struggled to make sense of the black and white darkroom I had taken a year to build there until I realised I was actually seeing the world in colour. This led to leaving Hebden Bridge and returning to Manchester and starting to photograph there in colour with a 5.4 camera, which led to my first exhibition, The Flower Bridge, which opened at Impressions Gallery York in 1982. I realise, of course, that all this sounds quite quaint against the backdrop of contemporary life with its thrusting speed and competitiveness, even amateurish. But I've been describing a time when a love of not just looking at the world, but of seeing it, and I make that distinction, took hold of me and developed into a life lived as a photographic artist, which has lasted for 40 years. In the intervening years, I spent seven weeks with William Eggleston in the States, experienced my Tate retrospective in St. Ives, the first for a living British photographer working in colour, and recently received a Pollock Krasner Foundation Award to make work across Europe in the time of COVID-19.
And so I was asked for this podcast, what does photography mean to you? And my reply is, it has meant a lifelong practice that has energized my deepest sense of what it is to be alive. Thank you, Peter, for your contribution this week. And uh, regular listeners know I never listened to the podcast prior to when you've just listened to it. So these responses are my initial responses. I also wasn't aware of what Peter was going to talk about when I gave my first kind of monologue at the beginning of this episode, talking about the importance of mentoring, learning and teaching. And there Peter was talking about the importance of that creative environment and of his mother uh, I suppose, kind of fostering that that love, that that kind of acceptance that a, a, a life lived within creativity was a possibility. I think it's also really interesting. I was talking there briefly about some of the conversations I've had with people over the last couple of weeks. One of the things I always stress in my personal understanding of what the role of a mentor is is to actually encourage people to learn how to see. I'm really not interested in the process that then comes after the seeing. For me, the seeing comes first. The process comes second. And sure, it's really important to learn that process, but not initially. Without subject matter, what are we going to photograph? Without passions and enthusiasms and interests, what are we going to document? For me, they're the bigger questions rather than how does a dark room work? If you feel you need to learn that, you can always do that afterwards or later, once you've learned how to see. Anyway, thank you very much there, Peter, for what I, I, I would say was a really enjoyable listen. And as always, with all of these contributions making us question our own practice. And I know that a number of photographers over the last couple of weeks have actually reached out to me and said that very thing, that every week they listen and they are able to kind of put that towards their own work and think, well, am I doing that? What am I doing? How am I seeing? So really what we're talking about there is a process of questioning. Interesting. I saw somebody in the last week say that fashion photography was terrible and it wasn't important. Well, if we're going to be as closed minded as that, then it really d does make me wonder whether or not the f photographic image, the camera, the process, the practice is really right for that kind of person. As I said at the beginning of the podcast, let's just stay open minded, shall we? And as David Letterman said, let's just be nice to people. For me, those two things are intrinsically important. Anyway, another week of the Olympics uh, goes ahead. And in the meantime, I'm going to do the thing that I always suggest that you do every week. And that is just to take care. <laughs>